Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about interstitial lung disease. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash interstitial lung disease or in the respiratory section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. But let's get straight into it. Interstitial lung disease is really an umbrella term that's used to describe conditions that affect the lung parenchyma, which is the lung tissue. And these conditions cause inflammation and fibrosis of the lung tissue. Fibrosis involves the replacement of the normal elastic and functional tissue of the lungs with scar tissue that's stiff and doesn't function effectively. It's important to talk about how we diagnose interstitial lung disease. And the diagnosis is really made based on a combination of clinical features and a high-resolution CT scan of the thorax. So a high-resolution CT scan will show a ground glass appearance with interstitial lung disease. And when the diagnosis is unclear, a lung biopsy can be used to take samples of the lung tissue and confirm the diagnosis using histology or analysis of the cells under a microscope. Generally, how do we manage interstitial lung disease? Well, generally, there's quite a poor prognosis and there's limited management options in interstitial lung disease as the damage is irreversible. So fibrosis of lung tissue is generally irreversible. The treatment is supportive and where possible, we need to prevent further progression of the disease. So some options for supportive management and preventing further progression is to remove or treat the underlying cause. So if it's medication, stop those medications. Home oxygen can be used to support the lung tissue where there's hypoxia at rest. Of course, they need to stop smoking as this is really bad news for lung tissue. Physiotherapy and pulmonary rehabilitation can be used to strengthen all the muscles around the chest to support the lungs in functioning. They need the pneumococcal and annual flu vaccine to prevent them developing unnecessary infections. It's worth doing some advanced care planning and palliative care where appropriate so that you have a plan in place if they deteriorate. And lung transplant is an option, but often the risks outweigh the benefits. So they need to be carefully considered as having a lung transplant comes with a lot of its own problems. So there's a few different types of interstitial lung disease. Firstly, we need to talk about idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. And this is a condition where there's progressive fibrosis of the lung tissue without a clear cause. It presents with insidious onset, shortness of breath and dry cough over a period of three months or more. It usually affects adults that are above 50 years of age. And examination shows a classical finding in your exams of bibasal fine inspiratory crackles and they'll also have finger clubbing. The prognosis is quite poor with a life expectancy of about two to five years from the diagnosis but there are two medications that are licensed to help slow the progression of the disease. Pyrphenidone is an antifibrotic and anti-inflammatory medication and nintedanib is a monoclonal antibody that targets tyrosine kinase. Another cause of interstitial lung disease is drug-induced pulmonary fibrosis. And there's several drugs that can cause pulmonary fibrosis. Some key medications are worth remembering for your exams and for your clinical practice. And these are amiodarone, 
cyclophosphamide, methotrexate, and an antibiotic called nitrofurantoin that we commonly use to treat urinary tract infections. Interstitial lung disease can be secondary to other conditions, and this is called secondary pulmonary fibrosis. And these conditions include alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, and systemic sclerosis, and all of these can be associated with pulmonary fibrosis. There's a condition called hypersensitivity pneumonitis, which is also called extrinsic allergic alveolitis. And this is a condition where there's a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction to an environmental allergen that causes parenchymal or lung tissue inflammation and destruction in people that are sensitive to that allergen. A procedure called a bronchioalveolar lavage involves collecting cells from the airways during bronchoscopy by squirting water into the airways and then collecting that fluid back and testing the sample that you get to look for inflammatory cells and other findings. And this shows a raised lymphocyte count and mast cell count in hypersensitivity pneumonitis. The management of the condition is by removing the allergen and giving oxygen where necessary and it can be treated with steroids to reduce that inflammation. There's a few key examples that are worth remembering for your exam. Bird fancier's lung is a reaction to bird droppings. Farmer's lung is a reaction to mouldy spores of hay. Mushroom worker's lung is a reaction to specific mushroom allergens. And finally, malt worker's lung is a reaction to mould on barley. Another condition to remember for your exams is cryptogenic organising pneumonia. And cryptogenic organising pneumonia was previously known as bronchiolitis obliterans organising pneumonia. And this is where a focal area of inflammation develops in the lung tissue. This can be idiopathic without any clear cause, or it could be triggered by infection or inflammatory disorders, medications, radiation, or environmental toxins or allergens. And the presentation is very similar to infectious pneumonia. So they present with shortness of breath, cough, fever, lethargy, all of these types of symptoms that can also suggest infective pneumonia. And it also presents very similarly to pneumonia on a chest x-ray with a focal consolidation in the lung fields. So diagnosis is often delayed due to the similarities to infective pneumonia. Lung biopsy is the definitive investigation and treatment is with systemic corticosteroids. Finally, we'll talk about asbestosis. And asbestosis is where lung fibrosis occurs in relation to inhalation of asbestos. Asbestos is fibrogenic, meaning that it causes lung fibrosis. And it's also oncogenic, meaning that it causes cancer. And the effects of asbestos usually take several decades to develop. Asbestos inhalation causes several problems. Lung fibrosis, it causes pleural thickening and pleural plaques, adenocarcinoma, and it causes a cancer called mesothelioma. Patients who suffer from asbestosis are eligible for compensation if they develop asbestos-related health problems, except isolated pleural plaques. It's also worth remembering that all patients that die with a known exposure to asbestos need to be referred to the coroners 
to assess whether that asbestos exposure had contributed to their death. So thanks for listening to this podcast on interstitial lung disease. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your colleagues to help them with their revision too. If you want to help me out, I'd love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you use. And I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on plural effusions.